Today is Friday, July 15th, and we're taking things one day at a time here on the Outside the Oval podcast, the newest running experience on the internet. And on today's show, I will preview the NCAA Division I Northeast Regional for men and women, while also briefly diving into the men's United States distance team they're sending to Eugene for the 2022 World Championships. In addition to that, the 2022 Division III 5,000-meter champion and former John Carroll, Blue Streak, Jamie Daly will join the show to discuss his championship victory this spring, his time at John Carroll, and his decision to transfer to Cincinnati to exhaust the rest of his eligibility. All that and a whole lot more on Outside the Oval today, and once again, we have one heck of a show in store for you guys. Uh, as always, I'm never going to keep you waiting. Let's jump right into it. And first, let's preview the men's distance team for the World Championship Games. In the 800, Donovan Brazier, Bryce Hopple, Jonah Quaich, and Brandon Miller will represent the United States. Uh, this team is very promising. Uh, Brazier returns to the track, having been awarded a spot based on his previous World Championship win. And then Bryce Hopple. He returns to the world stage after the 2021 Olympics, and he's by far one of the most accomplished American 800-meter runners, and will look to leave his mark. Uh, it's about time that Hopple takes that next step. Very excited for him to do that. And then Brandon Miller, he secured a spot, thanks to Brazier qualifying uh, via his World Championship win in years past. Uh, and it remains to be seen. This could be his last uh, kind of hoorah before his send-off from Texas A&M, following an incredible career at College Station so far, as far as we know. Uh, moving on to the 1500, Johnny Gregoric, Cooper Tier, and Josh Thompson represent the United States. And then that United States Championship race, it was very much so a sit and kick. Very slow start, 49 second opening 300, whereas we had a final 400 uh, clocked around a 52-53. So very much so a sit and kick. Will this translate in the World Games? That's yet to be seen. And if this race has anything to do like uh, a race that Centrowitz would have led, uh, that's going to be very similar. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was a sit and kick in a few days. Josh Thompson was in the back of the field and had an incredible final 200 to qualify. Very cool to see. And then Jonathan Davis from Illinois, or formerly of Illinois, had an incredible um, race. It looked like he was fading, but he battled back for that final, uh, second place finish. However, didn't have that qualifying standard. So therefore, that's the team we're taking to, the, to Eugene. Very excited to see Cooper Tier finally make it on the world stage. And he's going to be representing the United States in the 1500 meters on his home track. So Cooper Tier is a person to watch, but I'm not necessarily expecting him to podium. Onto the 3,000 meter steeplechase, Hillary Bohr, Evan Yeager, and Bernard Ketter qualify. Uh, of course, this was featured by Yeager making his much anticipated return to the track in the world stage after winning seven straight titles from 2012 to 2018. And during his brief absence, Hillary Bohr really stepped up and took his role. Uh, he emerged as America's top st uh, steepler. He's now the first American to knock off Jaeger. Uh, the future of the United States steeplechase is bright with Montana State standout Duncan Hamilton. He nearly secured a spot on the team, but he finished fourth at the United States Trials. I'm sure we'll see him on the world stage very soon representing uh, the United States for the 3K steeple. In the 5,000 meters, Grant Fisher and Woody Kincaid from Bowerman qualify along with Abdi Hamid Nur from Northern Arizona. Uh, the Bowerman boys, they did it again. I mean, are we surprised? I'm, I'm not. Whatever they're doing there is working. And uh, Nur locked in that third spot in an impressive fashion, a very, very 
strong race by Nur. Very good to see him make that team, uh, having such a difficult uprising in Flagstaff. Uh, this will likely lead to Nur turning pro, which will be interesting to see where he goes. But with a, such a strong team coming back in Flagstaff, I wouldn't be surprised to see Nur returning. Uh, you have Drew Bosley. You have Nico Young. These guys are hungry for a title. Nur might want to come back for that one more year. Going to be interesting to see. On to the 10,000, Grant Fisher again with Joe Klecker and Sean McGordy. Another very solid team. Very excited to see how this team performs. Of course, the 10K being my favorite event. This will be the one I have my eyes on the most. Uh, this team is comprised of Fisher, who might attempt to double alike Chris Schweitzer that I mentioned in Tuesday's episode. And then Joe Klecker, who is quickly becoming one of America's favorite distance runners. And this, this is another American team that shows a lot of promise. They're probably a few years away from be, being considered favorites, especially at the podium. But considering how strong this American group has been and the talent we're really implementing on the 10K, I think this team has a chance to be contenders on the world stage in a few years. Lastly, on the marathon level, Elkanana Kebet, Colin McCow, and Galen Rupp returns to the, I don't want to say the track, because this is a 26.2-mile uh, course. That I mentioned in Tuesday's episode kind of really encapsulate what Tracktown USA is all about. Uh, very, very exci excited to see what Galen Rupp does. Obviously, the elephant in the room. What has he been up to? Um, nobody knows, but that seems to be a constant from the Rupp camp, from his time in Eugene, from his time in Flagstaff under Mike Smith. We really never know what's going on with Galen Rupp, but we can expect that he's going to be a contender running in the front of the pack. But like I said, no telling what to expect from him. But regardless, it should be a good race. It's going to be fun to see what we get out of the new Galen Rupp, per se. Uh, moving on, I'm uh, very excited about this segment. I really enjoy doing these, and this is only my second one. Uh, previewing the Northeast Cross Country Regional. Uh, we'll start with the women. Uh, Harvard will be entering 2022 looking to extend their winning streak at this regional to three after winning in 2019 and 2021. Of course, we didn't get to run it in 2020 due to the coronavirus. Um, Harvard bring back, brings back uh, top three of their top returners from last year's meet, including incoming sophomore Maya Ramsden, who finished 10th at the NCAA championship in the 1500. Uh, Isabel Sag Sager was the team's top finisher at the meet last year, finishing 5th. Although the Crimson will be looking to replace their 4 and 5 from a year ago, they have a plethora of young runners waiting to carry his team's legacy moving forward, and they should be considered the favorites, I believe, moving, uh, entering the fall. Uh, this regional, especially on the girls' side, is always very entertaining to look at, though. Syracuse is always to, a force to be reckoned with and look to improve on their runner-up finish from this past season. Uh, they include the regional champion from last year, Amanda Vestry, but like Harvard... Uh, have several young runners here to make a name for themselves. And it really would be foolish to think that Coach Fox does not have a team ready to compete for a regional title in 2022. Connecticut is a team I have my eye on this season. That might come as a surprise as they do graduate one of their three stifling top three runners who really did a good job pack running at multiple meets last year. Um, but they have a top two made up of Melissa Zamati and Chloe Thomas who will be in the front of the pack and really challenged to win. Along with the four other returners from a year before, I like the youth they bring back, and this could be a team who could make some noise in November and really sneak into the national championship meet in Stillwater. Providence, another team, very interesting case as well. They lose their top runner from a year ago, but their two and three were just freshmen last year, and they'll return with more experience and speed, which will fly under their radar heading into the regional. 
Like Connecticut, Providence, excuse me, returned six of their seven runners from last year's regional team with a solid crop of recruits coming to campus this year. The Friars are another team to keep an eye on. Uh, a few top regional uh, individuals to watch. Phoebe Anderson from Columbia, 20th at the East Prelims in the 5K, second highest returner as well from the last year. Uh, 16-10 in the 5K, 9-17 in the 3K. A lot to like from this Columbia native. Um, like I mentioned, Isabel Sager from Harvard. She's a top returner from last year, 22nd at the East Prelims in the 10K, and went 34.08 at the Riley Relays this past track season. Sager is a favorite to win the regional in 2022, but will certainly face a lot of competition. Uh, next, Laura Mooney from Providence is probably my favorite runner in this regional. She is the third fastest returner from last year's meet and ran a 33-23 in a 10K on the track this season, along with an impressive 16.09 in the 5K. Mooney will be a big name to watch this season as she's the Friars' top runner, and she'll be a critical part of her team's score this year, and really will dictate whether or not this team contends for an automatic qualifier or a auto bid, or excuse me, an at-large bid. Uh, along with them, there are several returning freshmen to watch who should carry this regional moving forward. Uh, that includes Fiona McLaughlin from Stony Brook, uh, Ramsden, who I mentioned earlier from Harvard, Flockhart from Providence, another key member of that team, and Chloe Thomas from UConn. Some sleepers I like. This one's really down in there. Uh, Savannah Rorick from Syracuse. She was a freshman last year, finished 18th in the ACC 5K this past season on the track. She ran a 16:31 as a true freshman, which is not too shabby at all. Uh, Rorick lacks the experience most of these runners uh, have ahead of their uh, debut or, let's say, race this season. But she has plenty of speed. She went 9.37 in the 3K, comfortably ran a sub-5 in the mile in her lone appearance in the two events. And uh, after running a couple of cross races this year, Rorick could have an outside shot of finishing inside the top 10 at this regional meet. And that really could give her a shot to individually qualify for Stillwater. However, being on that orange team... Probably a safe bet. She'll get that extra race, which is very vital for a young runner's development. With that being said, my pick in this regional is going to be Harvard and Syracuse. They're very safe to be safe picks to go one and two. But Providence and UConn are not far away and could easily make an interesting race. And they should be in at large conversation by uh, the regionals meet. I'll be bold and pick Lauren Mooney, Laura Mooney from Providence to take the win this year. That's not going to be a popular pick at all, but that's what I'm going to go with now on July 15th. Uh, I think she's in best position to capitalize off her very impressive track season. I think she'll surpass the two favorites ahead of her. And I would imagine there would be a few spots available for runners like McLaughlin from Stony Brook and Anna Oser from Boston College, who was another top runner in this regional last year. And onto the men's side, though, real quickly, uh, Syracuse, without a doubt, the team to beat. Uh, but they'll be forced to replace their top three runners from a year ago. I love this. Ohio native and incoming junior Matthew Scrape will be thrusted into a key role for the Orange in 2022 after finishing 13th the year before. Um, Harvard is best set up to knock off Syracuse, though, and they're probably my favorites to dethrone in the Orange. Uh, the Crimson do return Grand Blanks, who finished second last year, as well as Acer Iverson, who has finished fifth in this meet as well. Harvard will only have to replace two of their top seven, which is always nice for a uh, young team to maintain their veteran leadership. And that's much less of a daunting task than Syracuse, who I mentioned lose their top three runners. Iona and Providence are the two other teams from this region with national aspirations, as they usually do. 
Iona graduates their top two from a year ago as well, but they'll replace them with another powerful top seven, as they always do. Uh, Iona is always contending for a championship, and although they'll probably not be a threat to make still to make it out to Stillwater, they are far and away the favorites to win the Metro Atlantic Conference this season. Providence is another interesting case. They lose their second, sixth, and seventh finisher from a year ago, but return the mo- four most capable athletes uh, that could possibly be replacing these runners and um, competing for an at-large bid in the fall. If the Friars do find a reliable replacement, this team looks like the most capable to contend for an automatic bid and really challenge the two powerhouses in this regional. Some individuals I am watching, Graham Blanks obviously from Harvard, he's got to be the favorite entering entering 2022. He's coming off an impressive runner-up performance as a freshman last year and he finished 20th in the East Preliminary on the track in the 5K. Blanks will be a contender to finish with All-American honors this season, and I'm really looking forward to see what he can do alongside Acer Iverson, who's another one to watch. Yeah, he could really be the key to this Harvard team, maybe being a top 10 team at the end of the year, and maybe going top 15 at Nationals. Uh, really creating that potent one and two with Grand Blanks will go a long way for this Crimson team. And then lastly, Marcelo Rocha from Providence. He's got to be another favorite. And honestly, like Laura Mooney, another teammate, he's really fun to watch. He's coming off a solid track season running a 13.42. And Rocha is more than capable of stealing this Northeast Regional from one of the two top Harvard runners. Some sleepers, Tyler Berg from Columbia is really flying under the radar this year. He went 28.55 into 10K this year, and he's the fifth top returner from last season. Although the three favorites are ahead of where Berg is entering this season, he's definitely coming in with a point to prove and will be itching to make it out to Stillwater for one last season. My dark horse, Evan Brennan from Stonybrook, really excited about him when I really dug in and saw what he was about. Got really excited about him. I think he's going to have a very solid year, similar to my pick from Minnesota in the Midwest region. After an 18th place finish a year ago, Brennan is certainly on the outside looking in for a spot to race Stillwater this November, but his impressive track season leads me to believe he could very well sneak into a top five spot at this regional meet. Uh, with a 28.59 10K and a 14.06 5K, Brennan will have a great opportunity to capitalize on his third cross-country season. I look for him to compete for a spot at Nationals in the fall. Uh, my pick's got to be Harvard. I think they're going to capture another title, continue this team's legacy in the Northeast Regional. Syracuse, I believe, will narrowly escape Providence is bid to finish second. Um, and then Graham Blakes, I think he's going to run away from Acer Iverson and Marcelo Rocha to win this regional and give Georgia some representation in the national championship meet. Uh, as I conclude the Northeast Regional Preview, I'm very much looking forward to you hearing my interview with uh, Jamie Daly, who really dives into his career at John Carroll. Uh, like I mentioned, his uh, decision to join Cincinnati this year to exhaust the rest of his eligibility and his 5K National Championship on the track this spring. A lot of great stories. He's a great guy. You're really going to enjoy it. And without further ado, I present to you my interview with 2022 D3 5,000-meter champion Jamie Daly. Joining me today on Outside the Oval is the 2022 Division III 5K champion and formal John Carroll Blue Streak, Jamie Daly. Jamie, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure. Yeah, so let's go back real quick. You spent four years of high school at Bay, which is an incredibly accomplished D2 school, always very competitive, and they always seem to be competing for a state championship. Uh, 
And then having been surrounded by such a great running atmosphere, it really helps, helps grow your love for the sport. Uh, when did it really all come together for you? And how do you feel like your high school career started to take off? Yeah, so my freshman year of cross country, I mean, I was nowhere near varsity. I mean, I was kind of borderline, but I wasn't wasn't where I wanted to be my freshman year. I was about like 18, 18 flat, 1830 in uh, cross country my freshman year of cross. And then I transitioned to track and I got injured my freshman year. And then sophomore year was kind of a building phase where, you know, I was starting to get used to the sport, but I also really wasn't reaching my goals. I made varsity um, my sophomore year. So I was like, I was like our fourth, fifth guy on the team. So I was contributing, but I wasn't where I wanted to be at the end of the, at the end of the season. So I was, I dropped a minute off my PR. I was like 1730, 17 flat. And then, um, mm -hmm. my track and field, uh, season that year, you know, didn't go as the way I planned. You know, I wasn't really, I wasn't making any big jumps in track. Um, I wasn't really fully focused in on the sport that much. Cross country was just the main, um, the main sport I wanted to do throughout high school, to be honest with you. And, and then once I got into junior and senior year, I was started to become fully invested in cross country. And, um, I dropped two minutes off my PR junior year. And then I ran 1548 my senior year of high school at my car, at my, conference meet um where i won and then um track and field i continued to get banged up and i wasn't uh wasn't contributing as much in track and field so um just to <laughs> sum things up for my high school career i was a cross-country runner not cross-country and track so um i was not fully healthy at all during those during those past four years of track but cross-country i seemed to find seemed to find my stride i i became all state in high school and um, I was an all-region runner. I was district runner-up, regional runner-up, and then I was um, I was top ten in the state. So I was very happy with uh, that year of cross country for sure. I was con I was riding that wave of excitement heading into track. You know, I, I wasn't running that much in the winter, and then I immediately jumped in and, and had a stress fracture in my foot. So and that put me out for the rest of the year. So it uh, wasn't what I what I what I planned for the uh, track and field seasons, but. Cross country, it turned out well for me, I'd say. Yeah, you had an incredible senior season. You ended up winning the Great Lakes uh, Conference Championship, like you mentioned. Went under 16 minutes in the 5K, which is incredibly good for Division Two, especially. Uh, finished eighth at the Cross Country State Championship your senior year. Very good accomplishments. Would have been awesome to see what you did on the track. Unfortunately, like you mentioned, didn't happen. Uh, but having closed your cross country senior year so strongly, how did the recruiting process go for you coming out of high school, and what really drew you to John Carroll? Um, so, you know, I think a lot of kids that come out of high school, you know, think they think D1 bust, right? Or they, they think of, you know, if I'm not committed to a big school, if I'm not being, um, you know, fully invested in an NCAA Division One school, it's I'm not going to run at all. Um, that's what their first mindset is when they usually come into uh, into the college search for running. Um, so I was I was leaning towards some Division One schools. I was leaning towards some D two schools. I was leaning towards some D three schools, and so I was an open book um, coming out of coming out of high school. Um, so what really drew me to John Carroll was, you know, it wasn't the it wasn't just the athletics. It was more so the the campus, the community, the involvement, everything John Carroll had to offer. You know, I was fully invested into it. The minute I stepped onto their campus, I was. I was blown away with the tradition that they had there, what they had going, um, 
everything that they had to offer to me, both academically and athletically, I kind of culminated into one picture and, and just decided to say, you know what, you know, Division three, you know, it's maybe not the expectation that many people think or what they've they've had for, for me personally, but um, it's, I thought it was a great way for me to get more opportunities, you know, um, have a great way to access professors, you know, meet with many other uh, colleagues who had the same passion as I did for sports, and um, that ended up being my major sports studies. So, um, so yeah, I think the small campus vibe fit fit me, um, I'd say personally and um, athletically, just because, um, you know, me personally, I would just get stressed at a big school, you know, I, I'd be rummaging around trying to find where my classes were, and um, you know, I, I'd be stressed out of my mind. So um, I think the small campus vibe definitely helped me in the long run just because um, I wanted to be able to easily develop relationships with my professors and, and have easy access to many other resources around campus. So um, it was more so of a academic and, you know, where I wanted to be um, as a student more so than an athlete. Um, and then once Kyle Basista came and, uh, recruited me you know I was I was just fully invested 100% in what he had uh, what he had built in there so um, it was definitely a special opportunity to compete for the blue streaks coming in and um, I'm, I'm very fortunate that uh, John Carroll you know came knocking yeah it's very important to focus on the academic uh, pursuits as well as the athletic uh, great that you found a spot definitely worked out for you in the long run and then <laughs> yeah. of course Going from the high school level to the college level, it's no joke. Um, adjusting to college life ex is extremely difficult. Uh, there's so much more to life than just school and running, even though we just spent the past minute kind of talking about that, being the two mm -hmm. main factors. How were you able to adjust, and how did that affect your running performance your freshman year? Yeah, so um, I kind of I kind of reflect on an alumni focus I did on Ohio Mile Split my sophomore year. Um, I didn't really change who I was as a runner to transition into college. You know, I was I was still learning throughout the process and what I wanted to become as a runner. And um, I kind of just thought about, you know, what I've been doing the past four years in cross country. Um, obviously there were some changes I had to make in track and field and how I can make those transitions from training in the off season to how I can become as a better athlete. So I'd say I definitely took a lot more valuable lessons into becoming more of a a more of a balanced runner, I'd say. So I think, um, you know, in high school we didn't do much stretching. Um, our coach was was not was not an all in on on stretching before and after races. So um, I did some I did some improvements in uh, pre pre run and post run routine stuff. Um, I got stronger as as the years went by. I got in the weight room a lot more, and um, I wasn't doing much cross training during high school. So. I finally was able to enable, you know, much more cross training, much more stuff rather than just running. So um, I was introduced to the pool. I was introduced to biking a lot more. Um, and I did sustain some more injuries um, in college. You know, I had a stress fracture my sophomore year that put me down a lot. And um, my this past cross country season, I had a cyst in my leg and in, in my right thigh. So. Um, Obviously, some of those challenges continued in college, but you know there was definitely some some things I improved upon as a runner, um, and 
I, I feel like more more and more runners as as time goes by they'll definitely uh, acknowledge that moving forward in their process as well oh for sure the uh, transition from your senior year of high school to your freshman year of college is extremely difficult a lot to learn uh, but it teaches you very good lessons so as you progress through your career uh, things really started to take off for you your junior year you ended up finishing seventh at the Great Lakes Regionals in cross country your junior year you got the first taste of D3 Nationals as well and that's really when you started to make a name for yourself. You earned All-American honors that year in the 10K. What did you do differently your junior year that really aided you in making that jump from a very good runner to being one of the best? Yeah, so I think coming off that seat, my 2019 season, my junior year, you know, we had a lot of great pieces coming in for our team. Um, you know, we were starting to become, um, you know, a well-balanced team. You know, we brought in Alex Phillip from Akron St. Vincent St. Mary, who brought in a lot to our program. Um, and, you know, as some of the pieces and some of the, some of the pieces started to, you know, become fulfilled, you know, we started to become a great team. And, um, I think the biggest thing that we took away from that was, you know, the, making the national meet. And that was the biggest goal for us. And, and our first time being at the national meet, it wasn't what we expected. You know, we didn't really exceed expectations, but, you know, some of the, what we took away from it, you know, is just to be in a part of the experience, you know, running for each other and, um, I think the biggest thing also was to, you know, also, you know, make a name for ourselves and make some more history as time goes by. That was the first time we made the national meet. That was um, the first time we got a top four finish at the regional meet. And then, and we got second uh, in at the conference meet. Um, so we made some big jumps um, on our resumes. And um, I think the biggest thing or the biggest jump that I would, that comes to my mind, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic obviously came into our lives. You know, we didn't have much going for our team. You know, there wasn't many valuable resources that were out there for us. You know, indoor ended up being canceled last minute. We had some athletes down there for the national meet, for the indoor meet, and it ended up being canceled the next day, which was tough. Um, our outdoor meet got canceled and um, our cross country season of 2020, my senior, supposed to be senior year, was got, got canceled. So we all sat down as a team and we all we all said hey i mean this is a perfect opportunity for us to get better maybe when some teams aren't getting better um and we we trained hard we it was like being a professional runner you know we wake up um you know do our due diligence and then go out and run and go do a lift and come back and just hang out with the guys you know it was it wasn't much of a big uh schedule for us we were just running the whole time and um we looked out for each other, you know, we hung out with each other a lot and we grew bonds. And um, maybe there are some teams out there who weren't really doing that. Maybe they were just reflecting a lot upon their canceled seasons and they were very upset about it. I mean, we were too, but we took the opportunity and advantage of the time to, you know, grow those bonds, run with each other, work out and put in some great work in the off season once the time came around to finally compete. And um, so, the NCAA ended up giving us that that indoor season of 2021 when we came back, and you know it was like a breath of fresh air. Our, our the weight was lifted off of our shoulders. We were finally able to compete. Um, we were able to finally see each other, go to class with a mask on. Um, it was honestly better than nothing. I mean, I feel I feel like every every one of us were sick and tired of being online classes for three semesters. So, um, you know we. Definitely didn't take it for granted. I mean, I think the I think we uh, only had like three people who got COVID that year, 
So, um, you know, we didn't, we didn't waste the opportunity. We, we got, uh, we got our experience going again. We got, we got our competitive juices flowing by the, at the right time. And, um, so we only had a conference meet that year. That was our championship race. They canceled our national meet. And then we finally had a national meet that outdoor season. Um, so I think the biggest thing for me in, you know, earning that all American honor that, that, uh, senior year um, was not wasting the opportunity, not taking any of those seasons for granted. Um, I think I, I had a feeling um, that cross country canceled season that I was gonna come back for a fifth year, but then as time goes by, um, I, want, I wanted to fully come back and get some unfinished business for John Carroll. And um, that All-American accolade was definitely a step in the right direction um, and something that uh, I'll never take for granted for sure, and I'm sure Alex will agree with me as well. When he earned some of those All-American accolades as well, coming off that cross-country season he had in 2019, and um, both of us, you know, I think that's when we started to hit our stride finally. Yeah, for sure. As you continued to rise in stardom, not only did you end up qualifying for D3 nationals uh, in cross-country, and then also earning the All-American honors, you also ended up earning All-American honors that next indoor season in your final uh, year in the 3K and 5K. Then you also went head-to-head -head with your teammate in the 10K this year, finishing as the national runner-up in the 10K. And then coming back the next day and obviously winning a uh, national championship in the 5,000. What was that entire experience like? That like that senior track season really seemed to be special for you, John Carroll boys. Uh, and how do you feel like your entire last year at John Carroll went? Yeah, to uh, to culminate into that one final year of John Carroll, it was truly special, remarkable. Um, coming off a cross country season where we we podiumed as a team, we got fourth place. Alex won nationals. Uh, he was a first time national champion in cross country. Um, I was coming off a little bit of an injury, like I said before, um, so I I managed to get uh, top twenty and get some get some points for our team to get that fourth place finish and. Obviously, we also had guys, we had two freshmen on our varsity squad who contributed a lot, Ryan Champa and Barrett Chetsley, um, and then Andrew Miner breaking out of, uh, out of his own shell. I mean, he was a huge contributor to us and someone who, who grew a lot as a runner, and then Ian Pearson and Jared Arnold were our, our, our final two. So I think, you know, coming out as, a, as fourth place as a team in cross country, you know, we wanted to push that boundary a little bit. You know, we wanted to get more guys to the national meet and get that experience like they've wanted. And I think what Kyle does a great job at as a coach is, you know, bringing some of these guys to the national meet to get some experience. You know, maybe they're not racing on the fully team, but, you know, it gives them an opportunity to, you know, have, be what it's like to be in a national championship environment. Um, Ethan Dimitrovich was, one of our uh, one of our um, alternates at the cross country race, and then Cormac Pepper Kramer. Look what happened to those guys. They became all Americans in the steeple in the spring. So, um, so I think that's definitely the one thing that Kyle does a great job at. Um, and then now transitioning to indoor, you know, like I said, we wanted to get more guys to the national meet and experience that a lot more. Um, and after finishing seventh and eighth in the five k and the three k, I kind of reflected upon that a lot and. I was thinking, you know what, I definitely can contribute a lot more to this team. Um, it being my final outdoor season, and it being my final um, 
season as a NCAA Division three athlete, you know, I I definitely wanted to come in and contribute a lot more to our program and um, continue to get to that uh, level that I wanted to be at. Um, I, we came off a sixth-place finish in indoor, um, and I remember getting an email from Kyle, I think, that week after when we were – we were somewhat uh, transitioning into the outdoor season. You know, he was telling us, like, hey, if you guys want a podium at, at the outdoor national meet, you know, this is what you have to do. So he gave us a list, and um, and I guess definitely guys, more guys bought in as, as time rolled uh, rolled on, the weeks went on, and um, and guys earning started to earn more all-conference accolades, all-region, and then we got more and more guys to the national meet, and, and it ended up turning out well for us, getting a second-place finish as a team. Um, so I'm more so <laughs> a team guy. I don't really like to, I don't really like to brag about myself and what I bring to the table as a runner for me personally, but, um, you know, it was the cherry on top, uh, getting that second place team finish. Um, it's definitely what we wanted. It's definitely something that we, that we look back upon and, and a great year of running, um, I'd say. And um, doing it at Spire at Geneva, Ohio, where we were only 45 minutes away, it was definitely um, something that we something that we cherished and something that we'll look back upon forever. Um, having a huge uh, fan base there, we had some teammates that didn't make to the national meet that came and supported us. We had alumni, we had parents, we had everyone who showed up to our who showed up to the national meet, and I'd say we had <laughs> most of the most of the fan base there and um it was definitely a special opportunity to compete against them or in front of them and um and at the end of the day you know that's what you want um to compete at the national meet and to have everyone supporting supporting and cheering you on and you know it's definitely a great feeling to uh to be able to witness that for sure yeah absolutely you guys had a fantastic uh, especially your last season there at john carroll put together a phenomenal cross-country indoor track and outdoor track campaign which is really indicative to the program that you guys have built at John Carroll. Um, so I give you props for that. <laughs> Thank and, you. Uh, as you mentioned before, uh, Alex Phillip was a huge part of your running career. He came in from Akron St. Mary's, uh, being pretty successful in Ohio High School um, as a senior as well. He had a lot of uh, defining moments as a blue strike as well. What was it like having a training partner like Alex to train with day in and day out, and how did it help pave your career? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's there's a lot to explain with him. I mean, he's definitely he's definitely a guy that pushed my limit a lot. Um, you know, he's he's the type of guy that you know is he's pretty laid back with running. Um, I'd say, you know, he he goes into competitions, you know, thinking, you know, he envisions the race, but not every single moment of the race. He envisions what what the race is going to be like. I think that's what he what he does a great job at. Um, you know, he studies the sport. He he takes care of what needs to be done. You know, he's everything you want as a runner. Um, very valuable, what he brings to the sport. Um, he wants to win. He's very competitive. And there are times where he doesn't, if there's something he doesn't get, if there's something he, you know, doesn't need or if there's something he doesn't achieve in that process, he'll get upset about it, but then he'll move on to the next opportunity. So, um, you know, Alex has definitely been that, that teammate for me moving forward. You know, he's definitely a person that wanted the best out of me wanted the best as a person and as an athlete um and uh you know as he started to win more and more national titles um and you know once he got those two national titles indoor you know 
he wanted the best. He not not to say he wanted the best out of me as a teammate, you know, before that, but him and I had a conversation about you know me becoming a national champion and me fulfilling that fu- fulfilling that opportunity to achieve what what was there. And um, he uh, he was definitely the training partner you always want. Um, someone there that's by your side all the time. Someone that's able to push you when when you don't think you can, someone there to believe in you when you, you might not even believe in yourself. Um, so it's definitely those things that keep you motivated as a, as an athlete. Um, the grind never stops with him. You know, he, he's, he's dedicated to the sport of running ever since, um, he got introduced to it in high school. And, you know, he's definitely the type of guy you want to bring in, um, as a, uh, as an athlete, uh, on your, and luckily you're, he was on my side and, <laughs> Um, it's it's a great opportunity to have him on, my, on our team for sure. Yeah, Alex had a phenomenal career as well. Very nice that you got to train with him, and obviously made you a better runner. Whenever you can go out there every day and know you have a consistent training partner, it just makes you feel confident in what you're doing. Uh, but now your career at John Carroll is over, unfortunately. But every ending brings a new opening. So you're transferring to finish your degree at the University of Cincinnati. How did you come to that decision and where were there any other schools that you considered? Yeah, so the University of Cincinnati uh, came into picture, you know, way before I was, I was, before I was, you know, into collegiate distance running. Uh, both of my siblings are, are went there. Uh, my brother, he, you know, he currently works for GE Aviation downtown. So he was a student at the University of Cincinnati, uh, major in engineering. And then my sister, who currently uh, attends the, the University of Cincinnati, uh, she is studying architecture. Um, so I think the biggest thing was, you know, them drawing them drawing me to the campus. Um, you know, they, they love Cincinnati uh, through, uh, through it all. Um, they love the, uh, the campus life. They love the athletics. Um, they love everything about Cincinnati ever since they started going there. Um, so I'd say one of those biggest factors were my siblings for sure. Um, and you know, some of the guys that they have currently on that team, uh, made me drawn to the, drawn to the program. Um, they, they've had a couple guys who recently are now, uh, ones at Oregon and then ones running professionally. Um, I kind of wanted to, you know, step into that role and see where I can fit myself into that at the division one level. Um, so I think everything from what I've, I've learned at division three, I can somehow transition into division one. Um, I want to know what that process is like. I want to know how I can transition myself from that type of small campus five athlete to a bigger campus division one role. Um, and last but not least the academics, I mean, um, the sports administration program masters that they have there is truly remarkable. Um, the classes that they have to offer, you know, were some of the same courses I was taking at John Carroll. So it's another easy uh, transition that I will uh, that I will definitely embark upon. Um, as so, there's a lot of factors that uh, made me ch- choose Cincinnati, um, and some of the guys um, definitely, you know, channeled their. Uh, Marketing and what I wanted to, uh, what I, why I wanted to choose Cincinnati uh, was to compete for the Bearcats. And um, before I even, you know, uh, got into uh, distance running fully, you know, I was at my brother's orientation um, when he was going into school, and I was a, only a um, itty bitty sophomore, junior in high school. Um, I was kind of thinking to myself, walking around the campus, like, wow, it'd be a huge 
dream to compete for the University of Cincinnati, not just running, but like being an athlete, like being a Division One athlete, like that's just a dream to have, I feel like. So, um, and has now come full circle and now I'm starting to realize that like a division, being a Division One athlete is going to be a um, cool opportunity for me to, you know, expand upon my my valuable lessons that I learned at John Carroll um, and will help me become the runner that I am today more and more so as, as I continue to learn. Um, so as far as some of the schools I, I, would, I was choosing, you know, um, definitely a lot of a lot of schools reached out to me. I have I have no cross country eligibility, so I'll just be a track and field athlete for indoor and outdoor. Um, so some schools reached out um, and, uh, you know, helped me both academically and athletically. So um, I think some of those schools um, I like to point out, George Mason uh, School out in Virginia, uh, Stony Brook reached out. Um, so, and Division Two, so Graham Valley also reached out as well. So I had a little bit of everything as well um, come into the picture. So, um, but I think more so um, external factors outside of running um, made me choose the University of Cincinnati. And, um, I'm very proud. I, I get to represent the Bearcats in, in, uh, in late November and uh, beginning of December. Yeah, that's incredibly exciting. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing how you do, and I'm sure you do very well. Uh, and you more than deserve those opportunities after the successful career you had at John Carroll. Um, not surprised to hear schools like Cincinnati, Stony Brook, and Grand Valley State came flocking towards you. So uh, congrats for that, and we're looking forward to see how you do. Like we mentioned uh, earlier, Cincinnati has a very solid, quickly growing team. There was a lot of youth there. They're very hungry to get faster and compete for championships down there in Southern Ohio. You also mentioned they had a runner at, at Oregon this year who competed at the 10K and 5K national championships. He's ultimately going to go pro in Germany. And then mm -hmm. another one who runs for the Brooks Beast, Alex Sandusky, another very successful runner from the University of Cincinnati. So what do you hope to accomplish in your final season at Cincinnati on a team and individual level? Um, I mean, there's a lot of things that come to mind. Um, I definitely want to be someone who's a leader for their program, um, someone who's willing to put in the work, someone who's willing to get to know everybody, work with everyone easily, and um, help, them, help them to achieve more and more. Um, you know, they've obviously they've achieved a lot in the past and they've gotten some all conference runners. They got some guys who scored points in major events. You know, I want to be one of those guys and um, get 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 the most out of their last year in the American Athletic Conference. They're moving to the Big 12 next year. And I'm um, unfortunately, I'm going to be able I'm going to miss that. So um, I want to do whatever I can to contribute um, both as a runner and as a person. Um, that's that's my ultimate goal to be the ultimate student athlete I can be for for every program I come into. That's the ultimate goal that I have for myself and to others. Um, overall, I'm just excited to work with them and be on a new team. Um, I think the other reason why I chose the University of Cincinnati was the coaching staff too. You know, they um, the coach that they have currently uh, on the distance side, he has a lot of experience with running. He, he's coached professionals. He coached at uh, Tulsa. Who, who's a great program, and they've been top ten in the country in Division One. Um, he's coached a lot of athletes who are now starting to get to that professional level. Um, so I think become, I think uh, being a part of that would be something special, and, and um, not only for the, the University of Cincinnati's team, but for me personally. Um, 
I've thought of, I've dreamt about being a professional runner. It has come to mind a little bit, but I'm not sure yet. I don't, um, I'm not, the commitment is not there um, just yet. I'm, I'm fully focused on uh, Cincinnati, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm fully invested on in what they have to offer there, and um, it'll be interesting too because you know the training is is somewhat different in some way as it was at John Carroll, so. I think getting to realize uh, or getting to, you know, prioritize my training at a Division One level will allow me to, you know, get a better routine going, uh, um, be more organized. Um, that's that's the one thing that's helped me in the past. And the number one skill is being organized and having a steady routine throughout my time as a runner and as an athlete, uh, as a runner and as a student. So um, I think carrying in those skills will help me along the way. And um, overall, I'm just excited to get to work with those guys. Yeah, absolutely. It's very exciting to be able to move into a very competitive D1 program, compete right away, and wishing you all the luck. Uh, before we go, I mentioned to, uh, this to you before the show. Uh, just want to hear your uh, picks for this year. Uh, who, who are you taking in the individual and team battles at the uh, cross-country national championships? Um, Division one. So I got to go with NAU as a team. Um, I don't I mean, I, I don't think they're getting rid of much. I mean, I, I think Nur's gone. Is Nur gone? Okay. So as far as I know, Nur's not going pro, but because he did make the world championships lineup, would not be surprised if he did yeah. leave. Um, so I think I have to go with NAU just because they're not losing a lot of pieces. Um, and as far as individual goes, <laughs> this is where it gets tough. Um, I know a lot of people are graduating or moving on to the professional level. Um, it's kind of wide open this year. Yeah, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna have to lean towards Dylan Jacobs. Um, I think you know coming off that 10K title, I think he's I think he's out for blood more. <laughs> um, so I think he, I think he'll he'll uh, become a great cross country athlete for Tennessee. So I'm gonna go with Dylan Jacobs. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. That's that's a good pick. Uh, moving into a new program, University of Tennessee. Coach Carlson just moving to Tennessee as well. I'm sure they got a lot, a uh, lot to prove. A lot of kind of chip on their shoulder moving into a program that hasn't won recently, but definitely going to be competitive. And then NAU, if they do return, Nur will also have Nico Young and Drew Bosley, and I'm sure they'll have a uh, war chest of four, five, six, and sevens uh, to yeah. go about the year. So, two very good picks. Uh, Thank you for your time, Jamie, and uh, I hope you had a good time on the show. Yeah, thank you very much for having me on. It was, it was an awesome experience. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, thank you all for listening, and I'll catch you guys next time on Outside the Oval.